Hi, this is James Devine, and I am an educator who has come out of the trenches. Listen in as my friend and colleague Dana Goodyear shares stories and tips from other educators who have come out of the trenches. Welcome to the Out of the Trenches podcast. This is Dana Goodyear. Thanks for listening. My next guest is Bobby Olsino. Bobby is currently the head of school at the Beulah School in Potomac, Maryland. He has been a school administrator for over 15 years, also as a dean of student and assistant principal, and he taught high school courses in science, leadership, and public speaking, while also working as assistant soccer coach and varsity head lacrosse coach. Bobby's academic leadership career is grounded in healthy interest in leadership, conferences with the Stanley King Institute, Gardner, Kearney Leadership Institute, and a leadership plus design. Bobby has presented for local and national organizations on meeting culture, organizational wellness, and hiring practices. A native of upstate New York, Bobby attributes many of his big ideas to observing and commitment to his parents and his brother. He has played high school and college winning national championships at the collegiate level and uses many um, of his leadership skills that passed on from his high school and college coaches. When not working in or studying leadership, he spends most of his time with his wife and three children. Um, they play a variety of youth sports. He also enjoys running as well as training Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He strives to be a better husband, father, and a leader. He's a graduate of Washington College in William and Mary, and they live in, is it Poolsville, Maryland. Welcome to the podcast, Bobby. Thank you, Dana. I'm happy to be here with you. So tell me about a time when you were in the trenches and managed to call out. So I think about uh, my time uh, teaching environmental science, and when I think about being in the trenches, I think about us um, just being so focused on where we are in the moment and not necessarily being able to, to step up and look out, right, and detach. And so um, in my conversations with students, I would always talk to them about how I wanted them to develop an understanding of the material of the topics, to develop their own thought process around what was happening in the environment, not, you know, pair it back what I'm saying, not pair it back what their parents are saying or, or mm -hmm. what I think I want to hear. And so, you know, they would do these assignments, projects, research, and Oftentimes we'd go back and forth on how I evaluated them on their grammar or on their mm -hmm. spelling, right? Uh, and not necessarily on whether or not they actually understood the Endangered Species Act or whether or not they had an understanding of the, the benefits or the drawbacks of moving towards more sustainable energy. And so I realized that while I was sitting here thinking about their writing skills as a scientist, I really wasn't making sure that they were developing this big picture understanding and and just had too much of this traditional approach around sort of the, the teaching and learning aspect and not thinking the big picture that I was talking to them about. So really sort of stepping back and thinking about how I was assessing them and, and what I was asking of them. And so one of the big shifts I made for their um, final project was to hand them a copy of the Chesapeake Bay study. We are right in the heart of the Chesapeake Bay watershed outside of uh, Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland here. Uh, and so they now had these materials. They knew they were going to have them and then evaluate that and then write about 
what that experience was and, and share their thoughts on what we could do to protect the bay and preserve the bay and realizing that it was more about their experience than it was about me, you know, treating their assignments as if they were English papers and really having that conversation. So that was a, a big and important change for me as our environmental science teacher at Bullis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I've, I see myself in that as well. Um, I taught more of the language side, but, um, you know, so I'm, I, I was big at looking at a lot of those pieces of like how they were expressing themselves grammatically and things like that. But when they're sharing their knowledge, right, it's a lot of right. wanting to them to research something, right, and not focusing so much on that, like, proper writing piece. That'll come. I think right. we need to instill that, but also not letting that be the end all be all. Right, exactly, exactly. So um, you just released released a book uh, by Road to Awesome uh, yep. that was published uh, not too uh, long after my book. So you released your book, Principal Leader, in late December. Um, so tell me about the book and um, why people should buy your book. And is this for leaders? Is it for teachers? Um, yeah. Who should buy it? It's a great question. So it was written for current leaders and aspiring leaders, um, mm -hmm. you know, Perhaps uh, people that are finding themselves in the trenches that, you know, as we talked, just talked about, um, who aren't necessarily looking up and out at sort of where they are, either as a future leader or as a current leader. Are they finding themselves uh, racing to put out a new fire every day mm -hmm. and not necessarily thinking about sort of the larger picture ideals? And so the book has been broken down into several areas, relationship principles, leadership principles, uh, life principles. And then also fitness principles. And I break fitness down into mental, physical, and spiritual, and sort of what that might mean for each person individually. Uh, and so it's an opportunity for folks to take a look at how they're going about their role as a leader or what they may see themselves doing as a future leader. And then each mm -hmm. chapter also has questions at the end to help guide their thought process about where they are uh, at this phase of their leadership journey. Talk to me a little bit about some of those guiding principles and core values that you discuss in the book. Yeah. So I, I do mention my core values in the beginning, courage, integrity, and discipline. And I think it's important that individuals know what their core values are because those serve as the North Star to guide them in their decision making. You should always be able to come back to those so that regardless of the situation that we're in, we can feel comfortable with the decision that we make because we know we're true to those values. They're going to be different for each person, and that's okay. That makes sense. I do think if you have not done so before, you should go through a process of identifying what your core values are. Um, that's something that you can you can find online. There are different examples of ways to do that. Um, I talk about that in the book as well by providing a list of values and sort of going through that thought process. Um, and then in terms of the principles, there are different aspects. Like I said, when I think about relationship principles, uh, respect, how do I ensure that I'm giving respect to the people in my life? How am I demonstrating trust to them? Uh, also listening, you know, are we listening to understand or are we listening to speak? That's such an important part of our role as leaders um, and as teachers as well, right? In the classroom, sometimes um, we listen to what the question is from the students, but there's probably some unsaid things in there as well. And are we really taking the time and the moment to listen to exactly what that student needs or exactly what the faculty member needs in the case of a department chair or a principal? Um, 
when I think also about fitness principles, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual, you know, a lot of this book was written during the pandemic when so many individuals were facing some very challenging times. Um, they were living uh, in a scenario that they hadn't before, hadn't even thought of in some cases. And so what are we doing to care for ourselves as educators? You know, for so many years, we've put others before us. That's been the calling for us in education to put our students our teachers um, in front of our own needs, but realizing the importance of stepping back and identifying ways that we can help ourselves. And that's going to, again, look different for each of us, whether it's a mindful practice that involves meditation or yoga or just going for a walk in the evening or maybe at lunch to take a break during the day, whatever it may be. Um, and then, you know, the spiritual piece I think can take on many different forms for individuals. It, it certainly could be religious based, but it doesn't have to be. It's about mm -hmm. that acknowledgement that you're part of something bigger than yourself. And that could be your school. It could be the town that you live in. It could be the, the planet, going back to my environmental education days, whatever it might be, but just sort of making a connection to something larger than yourself so that you have that meaning that helps drive you each day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you uh, do also speak at conferences um, and you have some sessions around some of these uh, core values. Um, so what is a session that you um, have spoken maybe at a recent conference? This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. So one that I would talk about would be um, the role of an educational leader around working with their faculty through transparency, uh, okay. specifically talking about you know, vulnerability and gratitude and recognizing that as a leader, we do not always have to have this exterior shell up, right? That, that nothing mm -hmm. bothers me. I can always move forward. I need to be the rock that others can, can lean on, but rather letting individuals know when you're uncertain of something, when you have fears or um, areas that you know you have to get better in or areas that you yeah. want to grow. So showing that vulnerable side to your team, I think is incredibly important. And then also gratitude. I, I talk in the book about uh, my life growing up, my brother and I um, in a blue collar family in upstate New York, our father, um, served in Vietnam, the United States Marine Corps. He's a, a combat veteran who was wounded. And, uh, you know, much of the lessons from my brother and I were about just doing what we were told, what we needed to do, regardless of how we felt. Um, and very rarely was there uh, a pat on the back or a thank you for taking out the trash. That was the expectation. Um, and coming to the realization that um, people respond so well to recognition and appreciation for their hard work and you as a leader expressing gratitude for what they're doing on a consistent basis sends such a strong message. Uh, it lets people know that you see them, that you value them, and that you appreciate the work that they are doing, um, especially on the days that are hardest. And I think those are things that we just take for granted sometimes. Uh, and so it's important to me that I help other leaders see some of those missteps that I took along the way where I wasn't recognizing my team. I wasn't going out of my way, you know, just to write a handwritten note to um, send some appreciation or acknowledgement for a job well done that 
we all are going to benefit from that. And as I can spread that gratitude to others, they can then spread it beyond, maybe to their students, maybe to their colleagues. And that is going to only strengthen our community, which is what we should all be aiming for working in schools. Yeah, and the, the more gratitude you show to your staff, uh, the more likely they are to feel uh, as an appreciated part of the staff and want to stay yes. <laughs> working there. Yes. So you used to do a blog, but now you do a uh, what the newsletter is titled and uh, what's some of the content um, that you've recently sure. uh, put on the newsletter. Yes. So I do have some blog posts up on Medium. I have not been uh, blogging as much recently. Uh, since the book came out, um, I've been releasing the Principled Leader newsletter that comes out on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Uh, people can subscribe to the newsletter on uh, my website, bobbypolicino.com. Uh, and people who subscribe will get uh, the introduction to the book, Principled Leader. Um, in the newsletter, I um, share a different principle each time to help guide your work as a current or aspiring leader, and then how uh, that particular principle applies to um, relationships, leadership, and fitness, and sort of where it fits in each one of those and how you can grow and develop in those areas as a leader. And again, that mm -hmm. comes out on the first and third um, Wednesday um, of each month. Okay. So yeah, definitely something people can subscribe to, uh, get some feedback on. Um, is there a way of reaching out to you if people have questions, uh, want to learn more about just uh, some of your guiding principles if they are a new administrator and uh, maybe yeah. need some, some coaching? Sure. Um, be happy to, to share with people. Um, they can contact me at, through email, bobbypolicino at gmail.com. They can also find me on Twitter at bobbypolicino. Uh, and also on LinkedIn. So I'm available in okay. all three of those spaces. Um, and I do tweet regularly and also post on LinkedIn so folks can find information uh, there as well. And I'd love to connect and uh, share with them, hear what they're doing, um, and certainly provide any, any resources or feedback that I can to others. Great, great. Well, out of everything we talked about in terms of your leadership, your book, um, in some of the uh, sessions uh, that you share at conferences, what's one thing you'd like listeners to remember? It's that, you know, every day provides us with an opportunity to grow and develop and take strides towards uh, being the type of leader that we want to be. Every um, decision that we make is a step towards who we can be or where we're falling short, depending on what that decision is. Um, mm -hmm. And when we do fall short, those failures are stepping stones on the path to success, to learn from them and to continue to stride to get better every day so that you can help and grow the people around you. We all have a light that we can shine on others. Um, and I encourage folks to, to focus on that each and every day. Great. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on the Out of the Trenches podcast today. Uh, you know, I wish uh, you a lot of luck in book sales. I know, um, you know, it's a, um, Getting a word out there through podcast is the best way, but also people yeah. subscribing to your newsletter, getting a little bit of the tips on the core values, um, can hear more from you on that bi-monthly basis. Well, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thanks, Dana. I appreciate it. My book, Out of the Trenches, Stories of Resilient Educators, has now been published. You can access it through Amazon, 
You can buy it at the Road to Awesome website, or you can get it through my website at danagoodier.com. Please leave a review, and you can also access it on Kindle. Check out the show notes on danagoodier.com to learn more about this guest and links to their social media. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you download this podcast. Tell your friends and colleagues about it, and if this episode resonates especially with you, be sure to share it out on social media and hack your head out of trenches. Bye.